Blog Talk Radio. I want to know who motherfucking representing it here tonight. Hold on, hold on. Louisiana shit. Murder on the beat. Something for y'all to cut up to, you know? Yeah. Everybody get your motherfucking roll on. I know shorty and she doesn't want no slow song. Had a man last year, life goes on. Haven't let the thing lose, girl, it's so long. You been inside, know you like to lay low. I've been people what you bringing to the table. Working hard, girl, everything paid for. First, last phone, bill, car, no cable. With your phone out, gotta hit them angles. With your phone out, snapping like you fable. And you showing off, but it's alright. And you showing off, but it's alright. It's a short life, yeah. Without a follow, without a mention, you really piping up on these niggas. You gotta be nice for what to these niggas? I understand. You got a hundred bands, you got a baby band, you got some bad friends. High school pics, you was even bad then. You ain't stressing off no lover in the past tense. You already had them. Work at 8 a.m., finish round five. Post all down, you don't see them outside. Yeah, they don't really be the same offline. You know dog days, you know hard times. Doing overtime for the last month Saturday, call the girls, get them gassed up Gotta hit the club, gotta make the ass jump Gotta hit the club like you hit the motherfucking angle With your phone out, tapping like you fable And you showing off, but it's alright Alright, welcome to the Wednesday Night Wind Down With your host, Shamor and him. And we're at that part of the show where I get to bring on the people I love. Hello, Image. Good evening. I love you, too. That's my E-M-M. And then the N-M-M. Hello, Mr. Ron. What's going on? How's everything? Good, good, good. It's so nice to be together again. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, y'all, this is um, our show about uh, teacher appreciation. We're going to celebrate some teachers, tell some of our stories, our fond memories of education, Oh, maybe not so fond memories. I feel like Ron doesn't have a lot of fond memories. Um, And we're going to shout out some teachers that we know, and we're just going to like them today. We're going to like teachers today. That's what we're here to do. What we're here to do. Sure, let's do that. Let's do that. So how's the week going for everyone? How's the week going? It's going good. Um, I am packing. Um, happy? Happy yeah. is good. No, no, no I'm packing. 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 
um, packing up for a trip, I, I assume. Yes, I'm packing for it. Well, I'm not a last-minute packer like somebody on this phone line because I got too much to pack because I'm going to be gone oh. for six weeks. So oh. I had to packing. So I'm okay. halfway there. So you packing yeah, for what are you doing next month? You packing for what you're doing next month? No, 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 no. I leave Wednesday next week. And you packing this Wednesday? <laughs> and you also do know I work too, right? And I work two jobs. And it's one of the weekends. That same shit will be right there on next Tuesday. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, it will not be. It will be in a bag. I am not like you staying up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> packing the day before. The devil is a last. I have to have stuff strategic and packed. No, ma'am. The last thing I will put into my bag is my pajamas, my toiletries, and my hair products. No, uh-uh, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. I you would irritate my spirit. person you were speaking about was me. I should have known that. You would irritate my spirit talking about so It's Tuesday night. We leave Wednesday morning at Flight leaves at 10 a.m. We got to be at the airport at 8 a.m. You still packing at 10 a.m.? No, no, I won't be packed. I'm not packed completely. I've been packing because I've had to, you know, I've been two and a half years without having to get dressed for work. Yes. So I have to plan what I'm going to wear while I'm gone. You've got to put on clothes now. Yeah, I got I to gotta put on clothes and a bra and panties. I got to put them on. But, yeah, that's my week. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. And I'm still working my other job until the day before I leave. So, yeah, I can't wait for the last minute. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. I had five days to pack for six weeks. Yeah, you. I probably would have started packing on Monday next week because I need oh. more time. Cause you need, Ron. How's your week going? I'm, I'm done talking to her for the night. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just listening to this and I'm saying to myself, one, um, how the fuck you go pack on Tuesday evening for a Wednesday flight? That shit don't even sound feasible. That's but, what shit Sally do. I promise you she do that. Wait, but then I'm saying to myself, how you pack 10 days early for that shit don't sound feasible neither. I might want to wear some of that shit that I'm packing That's in the next I, 10 days. Did you not Did you not hear me say I still got to pack my pajamas and my, like, I wear my pajamas. Like, I wear those. But some of that stuff I'm not going to wear. Like, I'm not going to, and my shoes won't be packed until Tuesday night. Like, so, yeah, like, certain stuff, like, shoes-wise, I don't wear the clothes that are in my suitcases at this point because they're work-appropriate. Right. That's how it's oh, so they don't have to get dressed for work. They don't show yeah. the girls and, 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 and don't protrude, you know what I'm saying, and don't show your protruding posterior. I mean, my jeans are always going to show my butt, but I have clothes that are workplace-appropriate. So I have some nice shirts. I have some jeans that don't have rips in them. 
So I'm not going to wear that stuff. Like, you know, I wear my jeans is ripped all the time, and I wear leggings seven days a week at home. And I'm sitting here. What? I got seven pair of leggings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can't wear them mm-hmm. when I wear them. Mm-hmm. 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 It, make, it makes sense mm-hmm. to me. It ain't got to make sense to mm-hmm. But that, that shit sounds like you don't make sense to no human being. No, that shit is ridiculous. No. I, you know what I'm saying? You're doing laundry Tuesday afternoon, you know what I'm saying, to wash clothes you're taking on on, on Wednesday. That's some real last-minute shit right there. That's it's, it, my, There's a method to my madness, and it works. It so works, and don't hate because you wish that you had thought about it instead of doing all that mm-hmm. labor. That is, not, that is not what I'm going to hate on. That is not it. Ron is hating. Nope. <laughs> Don't laugh. Sally. Okay, I won't laugh. Come on, let's appreciate funny. some educators. Let's appreciate some educators. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's do it. Well, well, I don't know if we're going to do this live thing because... Last time we tried to do it was really jacked up. Okay, so before we appreciate them, can we say fuck them? Can we can, can we fuck a few educators first? Um, no. no. Can we, did, I mean, you can say that at the end. <laughs> but but I, I just might want to say the best for last. Say the best like, for last. Like, we want to appreciate them and love on them and love on them. And then I know Ron probably has one that's like, if I could see that thing right now, I'd probably pop him in the face. But let's just love on them first. Let's be Sour Patch kids. Let's love on them first and then be Sour Patches. Sure, I'm just trying to understand something. I'm just trying to understand how we take a day to love on teachers, and all Ron wants to do is hate them. Because Ron... Ron's Stop, don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. Don't, don't, don't even feed into it. Because firstly, she was the one who said that then we can, you know what I'm saying, maybe not show some love to him. She said that before I even acknowledged I did not. I didn't. I did not. I said in in remembering some things, maybe it wasn't the fondest memory. That means that it doesn't have to be about a teacher. It could just be maybe that day that you got your ass beat by the kids in the bathroom. That wasn't be, that wouldn't be a fond memory. But maybe that teacher you went to who picked, helped you pick up your stuff and maybe dusted you off. What kind of punk you think I was in school? What kind of motherfucking fuck boy do you think I was in school? That never happened to me. He was a bully. You don't know. He was a bully. I wasn't a bully. No, he wasn't a bully. I, I don't. I don't like he, bullies. I'm not a bully. He was not a bully. He got but, his butt handed to him. That's no, why he's got so much anger in his system now. Because when he was in school, he was punked by all the boys and the girls. No. Right? Did he go to school with you or something for how to be saying this? First of all, she went to school like 30 years before me. That's first of all. She she, she was out of school <laughs> by the time I was even thought of. Right, that's number one. I hate him. Number two, you got to realize I was one of them them children that was bused to a white school. 
So, and, and, and going to school with them crackers, some of them teachers out there were pieces of work. And, 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 I and bet if you went to the school with them, you probably did get beat up a lot, and they called you the little Negro boy. No, I didn't get beat up a lot. That 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 didn't happen. I, I I've been I'm nice with these, you know what I'm saying? And I know how to defend myself. So that didn't happen. There was even one time. It's funny. I, I was talking to my 15 year old, and I was telling her because she was talking about some boy got jumped at her school. I was like, Yeah, I remember when these boys tried to jump me, and I beat them all. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not Hercules. Don't get it twisted. I'm not Superman, but at the same time. I know how to handle myself, and I've taken maybe three L's in my life. So, no. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, if we're doing fantasy stories, I mean, who can corroborate this story? I mean, Ron, people nobody is there. <laughs> nobody is there. It was nobody there with Ron that we can call just Ron and Moses, and we don't really know if Moses was paying attention because he was on a mission, a journey. So I don't know. This woman said Ron and Moses. I mean, you know, Moses was trying to deliver some with Moses. He was trying to get some. Moses is Moses' pawpaw. Yeah, but that is who Ron used to listen to. He looked up to him. He looked up to Methuselah and went to school with Moses. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. In that order. I cannot. Imaj, why are you feeding into the fuckery? Why? Why, Imaj? Why? Because <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do with my life. And I ain't had no nothing to about Methuselah. She don't even know who the fuck, how to spell Methuselah, what the fucking age the motherfucker was. She don't learn about no damn Methuselah. So now I know that was you and your fucking five dollar cover charge perch where they taught you that shit. If you don't know who Methuselah was, and first that means oh, the right. I know who Methuselah. I know who Methuselah is. I saw those pictures y'all took together. I know who it is. <laughs> I cannot already this evening. I'm done. Can we talk about some teachers? Can we talk about some teachers? Well, I want to go live before we talk about good teachers. So let's talk about. Can we talk about the bad ones first? Can we talk about the bad ones first? Because I got a couple of bad ones. You can talk about. You can talk about the ones that you dislike right now while we get our lives together. Exactly. Mr. James Noble. Fuck you, Mr. James Noble. I hate your ass, Mr. James. What do you I hope he. I hope he's still living and he's old and in pain. I hope. I don't even want him to be dead. I want him to be old in pain and paying for his fucking wickedness. So. Was he black? I'm in the fifth grade. No, no, no. European. I'm in the fifth grade, and I'm going out to this 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 this, this uh, school in this European neighborhood, and this man was such a hateful bastard. He said to me, he said, you know what? You probably going to be the first one in this class to go to jail. I and, think I've heard this story before. And I, and, and, and I looked at him and it shocked me and it kind of embarrassed me. And and it was towards the end of the school year. And the funny thing is the next year we come back, we're in the sixth grade now, and it was the DeMayo twins. He told you this 
in the fifth grade? This is your fifth grade teacher? Fifth grade teacher, James motherfucking Noble. And this dude tells me this. So then when we come back to sixth grade, the talk of the first few days of school was that the DeMeo twins got locked up for raping a girl. And I'm saying to myself, where is Mr. Noble? I want to scream on this motherfucker. Say, nah, 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 nah. Your little pets got, you know what I'm saying, arrested. And it was years before I got arrested. I'm sure I wasn't the first one that went to jail in that the, class. No, the Mayo twins was the first one. They was the first one. I was rooting for the part of the story reason I never got arrested. But no. Oh, no, 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 no. we didn't come get it. Come on. This is, this, is, this is America. You get arrested by accident if you're black. That's true. I can't. Yeah, you do. But yeah, so James Noble is, is definitely one of them that I that I, I I dislike with a passion, and I hope he, you know, what I'm saying, is still living, and every part of his body and every joint is hurting. Oh, so he got to be feeling the pain. Wow. Let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. You got another one. You got another one. All right, all right. So this one was the principal and I believe I'm 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 at a loss for the first name, but the last name was Gribbon, right? It was a lady. And one day, like I said, I was I was being bussed out to that school and it was um two dudes who I used to you know what I'm saying, ride the school bus with. One of them actually lived right in my neighborhood and the other one lived down the block. Um and they get called over the loudspeaker one day. Frank Lockwood and Raphael Masonette, please come to the office. And I looked at them like, yo, what y'all did without me? What, what, what the hell? Five seconds later, and Ronald Batia too. I was like, oh, this some bullshit. This some bullshit. So they, they, they call us all to the office, and they threatening everybody to go suspend us. And I had talked to Raphael not too long ago, maybe like a year or so. And he was reminding me of the story. And he, he was he was like how he was so scared and the teacher or or the principal was like singling me out. Like I was the bad guy in the whole situation when in reality all we did was defend ourselves against some racist white people who was coming at us. So it was it it was crazy how you got a school administrator and we're just three melanated young men and we're defending ourselves, and we're the ones who get in trouble and, 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 and threatened to be kicked out of school and suspended and parents called and all that just for the fact that they always looked at them and they thought that oh, my children can't be doing anything wrong. These children are, 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 are holier than thou, and they shouted us three out. So, you know, fuck them too, Mrs. Gribbon. Wow. Well, that is It's okay, Ron. Ron, let's just say that I think you had enough sad stories or or bad experiences to really appreciate some good ones. Mm -hmm. I do have some good experiences, too. And, and and once you go live and, and we still we get into that part. We live and we together. 
we live when we together. And Yvonne's fro is giving me so much damn life right now. That fro is on top that, of everything. That, that white half of fuck her hands in my hair. Uh-oh. But anyway, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't it's, use it's the other gorgeous. one. I can, I can understand why she wanted to just touch it. I can understand. I would have never done that. Right? You know how many times the mind just wanted somebody to touch it? It's so different. Nasty. It's different when he wanted to touch it. But you just walked your happy ass up behind me and said, Oh, your hand is so pretty. It's so soft, bitch. If you don't get your hands out my head, I am going to dick you behind this camera. That's a violation. I see all kinds of it. You know, it's interesting. I, I think I am thankful that I work with people who, when the natural is, is natural and doing its thing, they don't want to touch it. But you didn't touch my straight hair. You didn't put your hands in my straight hair. You want to put your hands in my curly fro hair. Have I got to wash my hair now that you don't put some nasty ass pants in my hair? I don't, you just walked in from outside. You touch doors and shit. Bitch, I'm allergic to pollen. I don't know what's on your hands. Now I got to go home, wash my hair <laughs> because you don't have those ass ass hands in my hair. I still had one more day, one more day of curls, and you put your nasty ass <laughs> European ass hands in my hair. Are you serious um, right now? Get effed up in these Oh, okay. That's so we a, have one thing that gets you effed up. Okay, so we don't stop talking about that now. All right, I'm fine. Sorry. No, we just have some some connection issues. So I don't know if you – okay, we're still, we're still rolling. We were having some connection issues. I apologize if I was oh, up my, on I think my I think my Facebook logged out. Wait a minute. Uh, it did. Okay. Facebook is doing the most with this live here lately. We've been We've been doing our lives. For a long time and not having any problems with the show, the one hey, doing live in the show. Am I back? Because it gave me the little caution thing. It's like, yeah, where's Dimash? I Did know. it bring you back? Okay, it brought me back. It brought you back. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the topic. Today we are spending some time appreciating teachers and appreciating moments that we've had um, that were positive moments in education. So we're just going to go ahead and roll with it like that. Um, and we're going to do some shout-outs because I know that, like, Imash posted, um, you know, some things. And, and it's unfortunate. You know, if I said let's talk about eating a booty hole, I would have had 18,000 people to comment on that post. I put a post out there about, you know, shout-out some of the teachers that you like or you love or – um, what's your most memorable teacher? Your most fond, your fondest um memory? And I ain't get nothing. I ain't get nothing I either. Nothing. I even said, "Hey, teachers, come to this post. Tell me what grade level you teach and what made you want to start teaching." They even. <laughs> but nothing. I know who the some teachers are on my page, so I'm gonna I'm still gonna shout them out because they are awesome. People. And so, yeah. But if I would have said, um, "Who taught you how to put the pen in your mouth?" They would have been there yesterday. I ain't even posted this yet. You there yesterday? So. Yep. 
Hello, Hi, Abdul. Abdul. How you doing? Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into our conversation about education and teachers and celebrating teachers because teachers are the bomb. Um, And I'm going to kind of let y'all take a lead on this because I have a biased opinion. So I want y'all to, like, throw out your ideas or, you know, run with this topic because I don't want to be biased. Well, I'll start. I'll start. I want to give love to my favorite, one of my favorite teachers in the whole wide world, because she's always been this teacher, but it's from the first day that I met her. Um, Mr. Marbles, yay! Oh my god! For me? Oh yes! Because from the first time that first call, I'm pretty surprised. You were surprised. You should have known. So. Okay, so the first time that I had a conversation with Ms. Moore Books, I didn't realize she was a teacher. And so, but things about her showed me that she was a teacher. Um, it was the way that she approached some things. And I was like, wait a minute, she has that teacher vibe. She has that nurturing vibe. She wants us to learn. She wants us to do this. So I was like, that gal's a teacher. And guess what, y'all? That gal's a teacher. Um, and so thank you so much for taking care of our middle schoolers who need guidance because they are at that important stage in life where they're trying to figure out who they are, their bodies are changing, their personalities are changing. So thank you so much for taking care of our middle schoolers and just making them awesome people and going forward. That's my number one. My number two would be my sister-in-law, Miss Fiona Reed. She is she teaches kindergarten. She's a mm. kindergarten teacher, so she gets the babies early. And she te- actually has students in her class who English is actually their second language. So she is very she has this patience about her that I wish I had. Um, she, she has the patience of, I tell you, she has the patience of Joe. Okay. So I want to say, she I don't know who Joe is. She didn't even know who the fuck Methuselah was. Don't be quoting this biblical shit to her. She don't know about that. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So I want to shout out her. I want to shout out Miss C. She is also a, I want to say she teaches first or second grade. She's also an elementary school teacher, and she takes care of our little babies as well as they're learning how to read and do some type of math, so she takes care of our little ones. Um, my own personal teachers that, like, I had, oh, God, let me tell you, they were awesome. Um, I was a history person. I loved, always loved my history teachers, um, Coach Trammell. Miss Stockwell, um, and one of my music teachers, doctor, who is Dr. Ruff at this point. Um, so, yeah, I love them all. They gave me great advice. Miss Dr. Ruff was my flute instructor. Um, he was then my band director. Um, so he taught you how to blow on it? He taught you how to blow on it? Really? So, Ron is a jerk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Ron is a jerk. Laugh. Ron is a jerk. 
Um, and, you know, he was the best band director ever in the whole wide world. And now he is over the music department at North Carolina A&T State University. So he, I had him all the way through life. Um, so, oh, wow. so, and then I'm also going to start one more. My math teachers, thank you so much for being patient. And <laughs> when this child needed a tutor, thank you for staying up too. I needed it because I was nobody's math, anything. Um, so all the math teachers are very important. Yes, they teach us this math that sometimes we don't use, but you have to have patience with that because everybody's not going to grasp it the same. Everybody's not going to learn it the same way. So math teachers are awesome. Thank you so much for instilling some stuff in me, and I can count um, and whatnot and some add some shit up. But thank you. So I'm done with my piece. Okay, thank you. Uh, I I like how you remembered all those people and the trait about them. Like that's what I don't think enough people realize is that there are some deep impacts that you make in education on children that they they hold for a long time. And mm-hmm. I, I think people need to be aware because they need to be careful about mm-hmm. how they. Um, Leave those impressions. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, there is definitely me. a difference some days in dealing with some teachers because you can tell who's there for the paycheck and who's there who really actually cares about the kids. And I've seen this with my daughter going through school because there's been some teachers that I've had to show up at the school and like, hey, I know you just here to get a dang on paycheck, but my child is here to learn. You're going to do your job today. Yeah. Yeah, that so, is true. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so I mean, it happens as in any place, any industry, it happens. And it, it makes me so mad because it's like, dude, you don't even have, like, good benefits, and you don't even make a whole lot of money. So why do this for the check if you can't do this for the fulfillment? Because it's rough in these streets. You know, we only uh, Sometimes that check is minimal. That's the why poverty y'all protesting. Line. That's why y'all protesting. And the school shut yeah. down next week, May 16th, so that these teachers out here can go protest. They couldn't find no yeah. substitutes. Because a thousand teachers, like, hey, forget this. We ain't even got a thousand I substitutes. Mean, when you see me, when you see that teacher's check and know that that's for real, that's really what that teacher takes home and lives on love, it's like, how, and this, and you're showing this to people who make so much more money than you, and they don't understand. Yeah. Teachers need to be yeah. paid more. They do. I, I agree. You know, it needs to be, especially when you're, you're requiring so much of them, you know, because all of the extra professional development things that we have to do in the sessions and the renewal of various uh, credentials and um, the amount of time between um, when you have to get that next level degree and they always want to see your growth and your steady investing mm-hmm. in education throughout the career, but you're not making the money. I mean, I remember when I compared going to get my master's 
um, versus teaching for a while in my first years. And I was like, man, I could just go ahead and get my master's, and then that'll help me make more money. And um, and I'm balancing small kids and, and a family and a home. And, and I'm like, you know, okay, maybe that'll be good. And I went and I compared the pay scale, and it was $1,000 more for my master's. Do you know how much money and, and debt I would have had to have gone to acquire Just to get an extra $1,000. And we're talking about $1,000 divided into 12 months, not $1,000 a month. Twelve. We're talking about $1,000 annually divided into 12 because that's how our pay is divided so that we get paid in the summer as well. And, and that's what people say, y'all get paid in the summer and y'all not even working. No. I'm getting paid my salary that I earn, and they divide it by 12 so that I only make my salary in the summertime. Like, I earn that. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it because it was like, it's not, those few dollars a month extra were not worth missing those years with my children. Like, it wasn't worth it at the time. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And all the debt that I was going to get for just, you know, that next piece of paper that was not going to ensure that next level pay. Because even Uh with that degree, without without those years of classroom experience, I could not even move outside of the classroom. So I was still going to have to stay in the classroom with the masters. So Uh it's just like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. So I didn't do it. And, And so now I'm considering doing that. My children are older. And my experience is in place, so the degree will let me move around a little bit. So I might. I just I just worry that I'll miss the children because I love the children. So. Mm-hmm. So Ron. <sighs> All right. So that being said, I must start at um the most recent. Well, not necessarily the most recent, but you know. Um, the first person I'm going to talk about is an ancestor right now. It was one of my college professors by the name of Shashi McIntyre. And Shashi McIntyre, for those who may know, was um, one of those women who was into Pan-Africanism, and she gave lectures, and she was big in the circuit with Dr. Dan and and, and uh, Dr. Clark and, you know, some of those people like that, Francis Cress Wilson, she was giving speeches with them. So, sure, she was definitely one of those who I wish I could have appreciated her more when she was living. When she was my professor, I just gravitated to the fact that she was a half African-American, half Indian black woman, and she had an Afro but she had a long tail coming down the back of her head, back back of her head, past her neck, down her back. And um, we used to look at that and be like, look, look at her, she's doing her thing. She'd come to class sometime with her leather pants on. And her husband was the head of the music department there at um, SUNY or Westbury. So she would talk about how they used to do their thing, even though she was easily into her 60s at that time. And just relate to us college students as as time went on and I started to see some of the lectures that she gave as I got older um, I started realizing exactly who she was in the movement 
then I start going back on some of the lessons that she taught us and realizing that she was teaching us on multiple levels, but I didn't get those multiple levels until after she had passed on and I had left her a tutelage. So Joshi McIntyre, the ancestor, I definitely want to bless her because she blessed us. Um, then we come down, we go to high school, and there's this European woman by the name of Lisa Hirsch. And I always remember her because there were certain melanated teachers that was in that school. Now, this was an alternative school. I had gotten uh, kicked out of one school and asked to leave another school. So I was in this third school's alternative school. Hey, 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 some so. And, um, I whispered there. You heard that good God Almighty, what your ears made of. <laughs> <laughs> I was so she, I wasn't saying nothing, Ron. I was being quiet. Well, why don't you continue to be quiet? How about that? How about that? So this woman took her time out to help us fill out these college applications. And, and and say, go to this school, go to this school, or, or try to go to this one. And maybe like five people from my high school ended up going to the same college. So when we got there, we definitely we knew each other, and we had a nice little uh, um, support system for those who was there. So she definitely, you know, this European woman, Lisa Hirsch, this, this Jewish woman, she definitely helped us in that um, endeavor. Next, um, when I in my first high school that I went to, it was a man named Mr. Fantacci, and he was my Latin teacher. And this man was basically a godsend. So it was one time in particular where I had um, gotten to a little altercation in school and ended up getting arrested in school. And this man, knowing the character of my fiber, knew that something must have had went wrong because I wasn't this, this type of young man. And he, and, and he knew what the justice system was like. So this man took the rest of his day off from teaching. I think he missed, like, his last class or two and went with me to the precinct and waited with me so nothing would happen, with me, would happen to me until my mother and grandmother got there. And then he passed me on, you know what I'm saying, to them. But he, he took the time out of his day to say, no, this young man is not a bad young man, and something must have went wrong, and I don't trust none of y'all, so I'm going to go down there with y'all to the 13th precinct and just chaperone him. So I definitely appreciate him for that. That was something he didn't have to do, and he did do. So that man definitely left an impression on me. And being my Latin teacher, he he taught us language and how many words in the English language come from Latin. And little things like edifice comes from edificio. And little things that he instilled in us to give us a larger vocabulary and not just have a larger vocabulary, but know the the, the, the roots of these words, exactly where they came from and how they transition from one language to the next. So I definitely want to big up Mr. Santachi. Um, then we go down to the well, folks in high school, um, and fuck most of my grade school. Um, but then we get 
to PS316 when I was still going to school in the black neighborhood. We had um, Miss Laura Peacock. Now, Miss Laura Peacock, she was actually friends with my aunt. So not only was she my teacher, but I actually went to her house sometime and chilled with her son while my aunt was, well, at that time, my aunt was using. So I could just assume that Miss Peacock might have been <laughs> giving and dabbling too, but I have no knowledge of that, so I don't know. I can't speak on it. But that being oh, said, this guy. Woman, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, man, I might lie for you, but I won't lie to you. This um, this woman definitely went above and beyond to assist us in in this school that was not the best, but she gave us everything she had and everything we needed. Let's put it that way. So I definitely want to big her up because whether it be taking the time out to explain things to us six, seven times, whether it be calling our parents and giving them a, a, a full perspective of what we're going through in the class and that the parents need to be a part of it. I appreciate her for that. And um, that's like my, my schooling. But then outside of schooling, we realized that we have teachers also. So there's, I remember when I was in New York and we was dealing with the organization, Sons of the Chariot, me and and this other gentleman I'm about to shout out now, we would help these young men. And it wasn't as many young men as we wanted, but we still helped these young men. And his name is Wayne Sewer. And this brother definitely went in his pocket and helped these young men. This man took of his time coming from the suburbs where he lived to the middle of Harlem to help these young men. So some of the sacrifices that people make, to, to do what they do. I big them up for that. Um, I also want to thank Life, because Life is, you know, the biggest teacher that we have. So I want to thank Life, because without that, you know, some of the lessons that we learn, it may take us 30, 40, 50, 60 years to learn them, but Life has a way of teaching you those lessons. Um, so at, at, at this point, I'm going to stop. I may think of somebody else. I, I got one or two other names in my head, but I don't know if they deserve it. Um, I got two. I got two more, and I and I feel bad that I forgot one. I feel bad because I forgot my Nemo. I ain't mean to. Um, my grandmother was a teacher, educator. She started really like she started with the preschoolers. So yeah, she. She made sure I could read, and then mm-hmm. she started with me when I was two, making sure that I could read and write and, make, you know, be right as I started to go into um, elementary school. So my Mima, Dorothy Lee, yes, my grandma, she was the awesomest. And when Ron started talking about his um, teacher who taught him foreign languages, thank God for um Ben Thompson say because <laughs> I would not be able to speak Japanese without her <laughs> and be able to translate and do all the things that I get to do um, because of her because she gave me you know I had to take it two years in high school and then it just I stuck with it throughout high um, throughout college so yeah. 
I, I language teachers too. That's so awesome. So I forgot about my Ben Thompson thing. And when he, because he said when she was your, she, your teacher was European, I was like, so was mine. <laughs> my foreign language teacher was European, like, but she taught me Japanese. And because she taught, she taught in Japan before she came over to um, America to teach us Japanese. She taught English in Japan. So, so, yeah. Okay, I'm done. I, I haven't forgot anybody else. Those were my two that I forgot, and I apologize because I love them both. Mm-hmm. Well, I have some um, people that I want to shout out from my experience with education. And I still have a little list. I'm getting my little list. Excuse me as I reach for my little list. Um, the number one person on my list, is the one person in in my life that shaped and molded me and did everything I needed done in order to be an outlier statistically. Um, it was my grandfather, um, Miles McKinney, and he was um, – Actually, by the time that I was more aware of what he did, he had come through the the ranks, and he was in administration by the time that I was of age to be like, wow, you know. um, When I was small, I just loved him. I just, he was everything. He was, he was everything. I've never met a man yet that was what he was to me. Um. But as I got older and I, I realized, like, the distinctive distinguishedness that I, I I always admired about him was part of that journey that took him to administration and, and the experience he had there that shaped him. And then he always talked to me, like, I understood what he was talking about. So he always was my, my educator. He always taught me. Um, so that in the the last part of his days were kind of hard on me because I took on the role of caregiver. I gave up my summer to live with him when he became really ill. And he was still, especially with it being me, because I was the youngest grandchild, and he didn't want to seem dependent, and he, we had a lot of fights about him um, retaining his independence. And, and he was in a process of needing dialysis several times a week, you know, that exhausts you. And he just fought me tooth and nail. I can do it myself. I got it. I can do it. And he couldn't. He really couldn't. But I I chalk all that up to who he always was for me. He was always the the guardian. And so it was hard to switch that role even when he was at his weakest. So um, I still learn lessons about life from the experience I had with him in his last days. So he was my teacher till he lost, you know, took his last breath. Um, But then when I talk about my own personal schooling, um, it's funny. I was trying to think of people who, teachers that in in elementary school that I could go, oh, yeah, she did this and she did this for me. But my experiences learning from teachers was really different. So I got a shout out, um, Miss Speck, who was my first grade teacher, and Miss Speck 
was amazing to a first grader because Miss Beck had a some type of debilitating I don't want to call it disease because I was first grade, so I don't know what it was. It seemed to be like a, a serious arthritis because all of her joints were really um, deformed. And she, in our class, sat in a chair that rolled, and she just would kind of make her way around the classroom, and she would work with us in groups independently, and she just rolled from desk to desk. Um, but she could walk. She just walked with a little, you know, bending her knees and her back kind of arched over. She never complained about hurting. Um, I remember her husband picked her up every day. That man walked into that building, to her room, got all of her things, and held her arm and walked her out. And I just, and Miss Speck was not a nice lady, but I think that was her blunt to us because she wanted to try to not have discipline problems because who knows, you know, but she seemed very tough, but she was so nurturing. It was interesting. She never, like, hugged on us or anything like that, but you knew she loved on us. I remember she made us every day listen to this song, and none of the other kids had to listen to the song, but it was I Am a Promise. And this song just was a affirmation that you're going to be whatever you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. You are a promise. I mean, and we had to, like, learn this song. And I'm like, no other class has to do this but us. But to this day, I can still remember parts of that song. And it was just affirmation. Uh, second grade year, I had Miss Haygood. And Miss Haygood, child, she was nice, and these are white people in a predominantly black community. Miss Haygood was the nicest little lady, and she was pretty, and she was just a darling. And what is this southern accent? Because that's who she was. She had that southern drum. But I remember one day, I don't know when I developed this. Spirit that I have, but I remember one day we we had gone to recess. We came back in. We always got water before we went to class, so we're in line and we're getting water. And there was a process. You counted to whatever number and you tapped the person when they got to that number, and it was time to switch. You know, so you just ten seconds or whatever it was. And I felt like I didn't get my whole ten seconds. I felt like the person behind me tapped me too early. And so I was like, how water? That's what it was. I stole her water from her. I needed my water. So I got in my and I was so ticked off. And I told one of those kids, you see that? She didn't let me get water because she's white and I'm black. <laughs> Mind you, this whole line so is trying to pull a black you all your life. You were military see, all your life. That was second grade. I hurt Miss Hager's feelings so bad. She cried that day. And I didn't even feel bad that she was crying. I just felt like she was fake crying. I did. I, I don't know. And I was a nice kid. Like, I never got in trouble or anything. But I was pissed that I didn't get my whole 10 seconds of water. And you Listen told me time was tell. Nobody else time was up. But you see how you treat us? Because you're white and we black, and you tell us Negroes what to do. That's yes. 
and that was in second grade. And I never heard my mom talk like that. Like my mom this time went, my dad didn't talk like that around me. But I was I don't know where that militant spirit came from, but it that was that's it. And oh, I know that I heard that militant at at the second grade. I, I heard that you Let me tell you. <sighs> that's what going to school, school in the nineteen fourteen era duty. You know what I'm saying? It was rough no. back then. No, but I, you know what, my child. I didn't realize my child was militant until I think my child became militant about fourth grade. She did. It had it, 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 one day it was just, it was going into the fourth grade that summer that she just, for whatever reason, she was militant. I was like, okay, all right, so um, how do I, how do I help this grow? Just a, I mean, how do I, cultivate this into the right space because <laughs> I think it was Because less less uncultivated you say things like you just don't let me get water because I'm black. Oh yeah. How can I use this for good? Because I, I definitely didn't want her going to school and making the white people cry. I didn't want her to do that. No. That's what she was and you made a teacher cry. You was an old, you was an old militant. Second grade, and I don't even feel that she cried. I didn't. You didn't even think it through. It just came up and out. Yeah, I, it just—it was so natural. It just. So middle school, I had a teacher named Miss Nelson, and she was so different to me. Like. <clears throat> I had gone through all of this elementary education. I get to middle school, and I get this teacher who's young, young mm. and funny, and enjoyed her content and made little jokes that we weren't supposed to get. And when we asked, she was like, I can't tell you that. So, because it was, you know, in, in her world, it was inappropriate. Because she said something about somebody brown nosing. And we were like, what does that mean? She was like, I can't tell you. Somebody's funny and what teacher? Being a she was all trying to figure it out, and she was like, and she's just laughing to herself because she's like, I shouldn't have never said that. I mean, she was just so easy to relate to. Like she was, yeah, we loved her, and we we didn't. But it was that kind of a relationship where you know you didn't go up and give her a hug, or you know, she had the the limits there, but. She was young, and I just remember a refreshing feeling about her being in my world when I look at all my teachers. And Ms. Nelson was, was a black woman who was pretty, and and she was an English teacher, and she embraced literature in some of the texts because we were in this advanced class. Some of the texts was difficult for seventh graders, like reading Beowulf in the seventh grade, mm. when you don't even know who Beowulf was my story, girl. And it's like, what is it? What are they talking about? You know, those kind of things. And she tried to make us understand it and relate it to things. And she was she was one of those teachers that impacted my my journey professionally. Like I'm like, okay, I like mm-hmm. her. Um, when I got to high school, it's funny. Um, and here's one of the things that's kind of sad about about being in a all black area. You don't always get the best teacher. And 
sometimes it's the ones that look the most like you who do the least for you. And it's mm. sad because I'm so upset. Like when I watch movies like Freedom Riders, and, because I know that there are black teachers that do those kind of things. But when somebody says name one that you know, you know, I couldn't necessarily name somebody that did that, you know, like in my mm-hmm. experience as a, as a student. So it's like, wow, it's sad. But in high school, the the teachers that I had that were the most memorable were um, two male teachers. So when I think about my female teachers, I can't think of female teachers in high school that I'm like, yes, girl, yes, I needed you in my journey. Like, I can't. But they didn't need them. They were older. They were older yeah. white women. And see, we had. I had a lot of black female teachers that I cannot tell you impacted my educational experience. But I had these two men in high school. One was a black guy and one was a white guy. Um, Mr. Brenham was amazing. Let me tell you how amazing Mr. Brenham was. Mr. Brenham came into our world and he taught us that we are amazing as a as a culture. He said, yeah, you got to learn, because he was our, t- our, our chemistry teacher. And he was like, yeah, y'all got to learn how to balance these equations. We got to do this. This is what's required before you take your test. But and he always said, and you got to do this. This is not related. This is not part of your curriculum, but you're going to do this. And he used to take us to the library as a class. We had to go and research uh, black chemists or black inventors or black politicians and he made us embrace a part of our culture that we didn't get in our history class in this all-black school. You know, we didn't get that. And it was a chemistry teacher who empowered us. He gave us speeches about what we can be and how far we can go. And it was like, wow, this man is serious about this. He, he was a role model to everyone. Kids used to skip their classes, okay? They're skipping class to go to his class to see what black man or inventor or whatever he was talking about that class period because they they wanted to know. They were so into education and and being um, aware or or, um, investigating things that we didn't learn, thirsty for the knowledge. And he he did, and he he was like, he was the embodiment of what you – used to hear about what a Morehouse man was. He was there. He was whatever the old thing was that they used to promote as a Morehouse man. He was it. He dressed professionally. He spoke professionally. He called all of us by our last names, you know, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss. He always called us by our last name. He made us sit up and speak to him directly, look him in his eye. And it was amazing. He, he, he empowered us so much um, in a positive way. And and so I will never forget Mr. Branham. And the sad part about it is years later, you know, I find out that he became addicted to drugs. And mm. that hurts us. Like, we oh, never. Oh, that's you up on the inside. Oh, it, it didn't eat me up. It ate a whole bunch of us up. Like, I think for us it was like a, a, a funeral. Like, mm. we couldn't believe it. As I was entering into my academic, into my professional journey, I would run across him in some in some areas, and a, a 
professional development or um, a convention, and I would just, I would see him, but he was not the same person to me. But I do, I am so thankful that he was in that moment to empower me the way that he did because of where my journey took me through college. I, I didn't feel second class going to a predominantly white school in college. But the next guy in high school that impacted me, his name was um, Mr. Molesky. And Mr. Molesky, as you can tell, was something else. I don't even, I can't even say culturally what he was. He looked to us in a predominantly black school, he was a white man. But I'm sure the with the name Molesky, he was something else. But um, he was so passionate. He was so passionate. He didn't care about like doing things that made him laughable or being awkward in front of all these black kids. And he tried to make us appreciate uh, literature in the way that he did. And he tried to expose us to the things that he studied because he was in school. And mm-hmm. um, he never gave us an excuse. And he was animated in, in how he delivered his, his course. He would sit there and say, guys, this is the word of the week, and we're going to own this word. Say this word. We're owning it. Use this word. I want you to use it daily. And, I mean, he was so animated. We're laughing at him, but we're like, let me write this word down so this man will quit acting, you know, in our minds, but we're embracing language. And um, he was just, he was everything that you see in those movies that those teachers that make those movies um work. Like he was not he didn't feel he didn't treat us like we were anything different from him. Sometimes to a fault that he would be talking about something and we don't know what the hell he's talking about because that was not our exposure. And he would be like, You guys don't know what I mean? Come on guys and we're like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> that doesn't happen in our hood, you know. Um but he just never assumed that. And it was really, it was a, it was a really good experience to watch him. But with all my stories, as I got older and was in college, then you know, things happened, and Mr. Molesky passed away. And, and he was, he was a younger teacher as well. But then later on, the story comes out, and Mr. Molesky actually is a snapped story. Me. No, you got all crazy. His actual story made snapped. It was one of the snapped episodes. Yes, his death was not just an untimely passing. He had a whole angry woman killed me story. Yes, ma'am. Oh, and they did that snap episode, and my friends and I were like, uh, "This is the Mr. Molesky episode." And he had this whole, like, mix. this story, his story was so outrageous. Like, he was a twin, and he was actually not supposed to be teaching. He was actually using his twin brother's name. And wait, a minute, wait 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 a minute. So he really wasn't who he was supposed to be teaching y'all in these streets? 
he it was Jack and John, and he wasn't the one that he said he was, but he was living as the one that he said he was, and he was, and I think part of why he was doing it was to escape his ex girlfriend because she had become a little possessive and stalkerish, and um, he came here, he came to to the Dallas area, and he started teaching at this in what we would consider inner city. Um, school with these black kids and being amazing, but he was in school because he must have been like trying to get his own stuff to become an educator. And um, in the meantime, he was trying to get away from her. I think she found him. I, I would have to rewatch the episode, but somehow he was because he was a mountain climber. Like we used to laugh because he really climbed mountains, and because cause we were like, you can't be no wider than this. You play tennis, you you climb mountains. You know, we used to make jokes with him, but um, he um, went, he was trying to go on a trip, and and she was on his heels, and he was like, okay, we'll go to this one trip, we'll do this one thing together, because he couldn't get away from her, and so this was supposed to be like their going away goodbye kind of thing. Now, when I watched this episode of Snap. The story gets murky. Yeah, the story gets murky where they were trying to decide did she kill him and then have sex with his corpse, or did they have sex one last time and then she killed him? Yeah, it was. It was. What are we watching? SBU all of a sudden? Criminal Minds? Jesus Christ. It was snap. But, um,. Before all of that, but, but not knowing all any of that, it, it just as a as a high school student, he was that teacher, that standout teacher that was just he had a connection with us that was just he and he didn't have to. It's so funny. I say he didn't have to fake who he was, but he was faking who he was. But he did not try to fit in, or he was just himself. I clown mountains. What's up, Nick? Tam? You know he, you know, shortened people's name. He like don't nobody call us that, you know. And he was just himself, and he say some things, and people go, "What the hell?" And he's like, "You know, I don't get it." Okay, well, never mind. You know, and he never felt like he didn't fit in. He just was himself with us, and I appreciated that, and I learned a lot from him. And my last teacher was in college. Um, my professor, his name was or is Roger Platisky. And if you read my first novel, I mentioned him in there. I thank him in there. And I, and I, this was a really difficult journey. College was a really difficult journey because I chose a private college where I was a super minority. Like I had lots of classes where I was the only black person in that room. Um, and it was difficult because you're taking a public education that was probably not the highest because it's the inner city type of public education. And you put me in a space where all of these kids are coming from the nicest, greatest private high schools ever. And the curriculums are way different. So I'm kind of behind in some areas. And um, colloquially, like I'm making cultural mistakes. Especially when I get to writing, I'm dropping endings, you know, not putting the S when there should be. I'm doing all kind of things that is how we speak, especially from my hood. And um, he never favored me for it, but he did. Like, he would, I loved him because he wrote 
a full set of notes when he would grade your blue book. It wasn't just five points here, five points there. He's like, he used to write me full page like reports on why my answer is wrong or the answer is right, the content is right, but the way that you wrote it, it sounds like the way that you speak when it's broken English. And he used to try to explain that to me. And he took a lot of care with trying to get me up to par. And um, he never, like, I don't feel like he gave me easy grades, but he didn't mark me as bad as he could have. You know, he could have dead my grade. He was like, okay, yeah, this is not an A. These answers are A, but the way you wrote this is not an A, you know. And I had to work mm-hmm. hard to get to that level that he always wanted me to be at. And um, eventually I got there. And I remember by my senior year, um, we were in class and having a discussion, said something, and the smile on his face was like, you got it. Like, you got it. And at that point, people were like, I think she's one of his favorites. Uh, you know, and it wasn't that. It was that he was taking pride in my sticking to it, my growth, my his ability to let me know, like, this is what's wrong. You're an English major, and we got to get this together. And he wasn't my advisor, but I would go to him before I would go to anybody else about anything. And I never went to anybody because I didn't want to ever expose myself because I already knew what they thought about And so I never wanted to open my mouth and make them correct that I was ignorant in anything. I would rather be quiet and let you not know. So um, whenever I did step out and ask for anything, he would give me a nonjudgmental response. And that was because, of course, he was, you know, gay when it wasn't cool to be gay. So he understood the not wanting to be judged part. So I think that made him accept um, or or relate to me a little bit more. You know how they always try to connect the the struggle of the black man and woman to the struggle of the um, homosexual group, mm-hmm. and I think he did that. And so he felt like kind of we were the same struggle, but just a different journey. So he never, he was never really judgmental, but he did help me a lot. And he did make me, he pushed me to be better. And he made me feel like, let me show him. I got to show him. And that always motivated me. So those are my teachers, that whole list. And all the teachers that I work with and all the teachers that are teachers, that are really good teachers, that love kids and that want to change their, their life trajectory, you are also my shout out. I think I put Ron to sleep. I'm sorry. I was listening. I was here for it. I was, I was listening. Thank you. You had some good You're ones. always. Yeah, I, I had some very. But that that would a honey listen that um that one about that I'm gonna have to watch that snap. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to trying to Google it so I can see the link. Okay. And that way I can look forward on my um my little app my friend put on my um my thing on my not my laptop but my tablet I can watch it because that because you know how and this is really off subject so if you ever watch Snap you always realize there's a lot of people on Snap from North Carolina um Alabama and Texas never fails 
every time I turn around, Alabama, North Carolina, Texas. And it's crazy how one person, I, one situation on Snap, I remember exactly when it happened. Like, I remember it being on the news when it happened. But actually, a couple of them. There was one where a lady um, had her husband killed on the beach and said that it was um, that they were being robbed, but it was actually her new boyfriend who killed the the husband, and they went to jail. Um, and then there was a young lady who drove 45 minutes east to go kill the girl that was dating the man that she wanted. Gotta go, gotta go. And it was crazy because... Because, he heard us I mean, trying to get him to talk, and he didn't even say nothing. Because he's Ron. What what day is he not being Ron on? Right. He's out here in these streets. He's acting like Ron all the time, driving the cops van truck, acting like Ron. I'm the cops man. This guy. But so yeah, I think that, but that's crazy about that teacher. That's so sad how he lost his life because something, and that he was trying to, like, have you ever just imagined the things that people could be going through and that we necessarily don't know what they're going through? Like, right. he was living a whole ass life that, that wasn't his. Like, wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, I think we've so, yeah, on she, our was convicted, she was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. Mm. And do you think y'all have a death penalty down there in Texas? Well, now, she didn't kill him here. They were going on a mountain climbing thing. So she killed him, like, no, they were going to a particular, like, like Colorado or somewhere, you know. But still, okay. Yeah, you said you're gonna um, send me the link. Yes, I'm trying to find one where the maybe it's on YouTube. Let's see. What's um? How you spell his last name? Um, M I L E S K I. Let's see. See if I can find it. They were going to Colorado. I found the story itself. Oh, man. I'm going to have to look at this. Okay. Sherlock Homegirl. Oh, so my nickname somebody calls me is Carmen San Diego. Because, <laughs> because I can figure out anything, like, like riddle-wise. And I was like, that's, that's so funny, because Carmen Sandiego was my shit, and I used to watch that. And just so that you all know that Carmen Sandiego is going to be coming to Netflix, they're making a Carmen Sandiego movie for Netflix. So, okay. I'm excited. Did you see that? You see that? I'm back, y'all? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't... You didn't go nowhere. I did. I did. My, my call kicked us out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. But yeah, okay. I'm, 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 I'm. Why am I low key excited about reading this? Like I don't understand. You found it. You found it. I found the articles of when it happened. 
Okay. I found that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so... Wait a she minute. Was... So actually, let me tell y'all this. Is this the same story? Okay. So... They are trying, they're saying that the killer's fantasy is an issue in retrial. So I think that she tried to get a retrial. And what, temporary insanity or something? Yeah. Oh, my God. When not you kill that man? Shut up. Go do your damn time. You killed him. You killed him. You killed him. Yeah. Some motherfuckers deserve to go. You know what? Let's, let's oh. see. Remember we had the conversation? You talking about him or you talking about her? Yes. Which, <laughs> first of all, I gave you a choice. So you should have picked a choice of the situation, not a yes or a no. You sound like the motherfuckers I deal with every day. When I ask you a question that has a choice to it, you say yes. Yes to what? All right, first of all, what you're not going to do is talk uh-huh. to me like I'm your child. Secondly, if okay. you were savvy enough to realize what the fuck I did, I answered both your questions with one answer, motherfucker. That's what I did. Oh, That's called we being able to do things. Like you're not going to talk to her like that. That's what we're not going to do. Go back to sleep. I wasn't sleeping. You all I wasn't sleeping live. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know but I did wake up. But I wasn't sleeping. Whatever. I wasn't. I was. I was meditating. Bitch, that's sleeping. Right. Um. Is there a call out here? Wait a minute. Um. No. 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 Dwight, how are you, Dwight Allen? Nice to see you there, hanging out with us. Gotcha. Ron. I'm listening. I I know you hear me talking to you. I'm listening. Go ahead. So what is your fondest memory of being in school? My fondest? Memory of being in school. Wow. Your fondest um, school memory. Mm. Mm. So, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it wasn't in school. It was when I was in high school, we took a weekend retreat to a place called Boys Harbor. And when we took this retreat, we did a bunch of little um, exercises and, you know, just activities and things of that nature. One of the activities we did was everybody lined up and it was blindfolded. And they lined us up by our birth dates. So since my birthday is January 11th, I was in the front of the line. And they blindfolded us and they led us through the woods to a big field. If you listen, you'll understand. So 
as they blindfolded us and they, they let us see the field, they laid us down on the grass and they said, think of your biggest problems in the world. Think of everything that's that's wrong. Think of everything that, that is bad, everything you want to change. You know, they gave us that little spiel. And then after we thought about that, they said, take the take the um, blindfold off. So we took the blindfolds off, and all we can see is all the stars in the sky. Oh, and, that's so cute. And, and, and it, was, it was precious because it made us realize how small our issues were and how big and vast this universe is and how even though we think something is the biggest thing in the world, it's really nothing. So that that part, and then the thing that really caught me was they gave us little like uh, we we made little envelopes with our names and little folders, and everybody had to write something about one of the people who was there that was positive. And for years after that, I would just go into that little envelope and read what these people wrote about me. And and just you know reflect on that time, and it it, it help you validate yourself, and and you know some of the good things about you that other people were able to see. So somebody me and going to high school, not just somebody, but everybody who was there wrote something nice about me. How about that? So I don't. Know. It was what it was. They was They lied. They told some lies. They should. You know what? Y'all should do the activity now. And let your ass go out there on the nail and let them write about you up under the stalls and see what they say, see if any shit comes. They ain't going to write shit. Blank paper. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I was like, why are they taking their kids out into the woods? The woods are blindfolded. It's safe. Who signed these permission slips? I need to know. Uh-uh. I didn't know. That was been one of those days, like my second grade experience, and I've been like, "Uh, you know, not putting no mask on or no cover on my eyes. Are you trying to blindfold me because I'm black? Because I'm black? <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm, wearing it. I'm not doing this. I'm. We're not going on that field trip. Just like that field trip that some kids took to a cotton field, and they told the it's black kids to go out there and pick the cotton. Yeah. First of all, I would have told that's what my husband would have showed up. Let me tell you something. First of all, do you not see the, the skin? What? I'm not getting out there picking enough, not know? a mother of cotton. Sorry, Do you know that even after they, they, the kids take the cotton or whatever, you didn't get to take the cotton home. Like, you had to leave the cotton behind. Like, you got to leave the cotton there. You mean to tell me I didn't, I didn't to use the word, slaves out here in this hot-ass sun to pick this cotton now, if anybody has been to a cotton field, y'all know there's pricks on a cotton plant. So you want me to, one, A, pick this cotton. Two, scratch up my hands picking said cotton. Three, it's probably 800 degrees here because we live in the damn south. So we have cotton fields that's 850 degrees outside and the sun is beaming down and there's no shade. Then you going to tell me I can't have this cotton that I didn't struggle for? I'm gonna make me a I'm gonna make me a raw shirt or something out this cotton. You ain't got no motherfucking cotton. You don't know how to bear last year. What the fuck you gonna do with raw cotton? <laughs> <laughs> I could have put it in my damn pocket. 
He don't matter what, what you I do? wipe my ass with it. What you not going to do is have me out here slaving. Did you not hear the woman say that is quickly You know you will scratch your ass up if you try to wipe your ass with that cotton. You're popping it off of my slave labor yet again, and that's not going to happen. I'm taking my My time is going me. You gonna have right, to talk to this guy. I'm gonna get these teeth out, these prickly things out my cotton, so I can make me a goddamn T-shirt out this cotton. I didn't even understand this. You better off putting that shit in a sock and use it for one of your baby doll's pillows. That's the best that you got. What was not gonna happen is I was not leaving it behind. It wasn't staying behind. I know that. Well, let me ask you no a question. When you used to pick cotton on the plantation, what did you do with the cotton that you picked? Say that again. Your mother. I hate talking to him. You know, you try to have a real what conversation, like, and then he that's just like when we used to go to this place called Old Salem, where they would teach us how to make candles and soap. You had and a place like that. Yes. People make all this stuff. And you be like, so can I take my little ugly candle with me? <laughs> like, I made this. So me yes. being, I'm going to the concert. I can't even take this with me? I don't know. Deformed, ugly candles home. Everybody was like, "Mine look like a yeah, no, no, you look like you didn't know how to melt that damn wax. Shut up and keep it moving." Here? He's uh. mad. I'm with him. I had a life fire. 
Highlight Fire. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. bothers me. We went to we went to history museums and all of that stuff. We definitely did that. Um, zoos and stuff. I ain't never been to we no prison to... on no field trip. Mm-mm. No one we else you know to answer your question. To answer your question in a second way, I remember high school graduation. Mine was late. My high school graduation was the funniest fucking day in my high school career because we did y'all get on tackled? Stage. What you say? Did y'all get tackled like the college people did? What university was that that tackled all the black kids because they were no, dancing and no, stuff? No, 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 no. This was like last week. I, I, I don't know what kind of Negroes university you talking about, but no, we. I didn't first of all, don't call them no. First of all, first and foremost, don't call nobody's black college you no know, Negro place because I am a product of a wonderful. Motherfucker, they got a United Negro college fund. I don't fuck say don't call no University Negro. What do got a United Negro college fund? That's ridiculous. You do not call anybody's college no Negro college. You get your facts right, mister. Have you never heard of United Negro College Fund? You never heard of that? Just because it's called the United Negro College Fund does not mean that I did not attend nobody's HBCU, mister. You know what HBCU stand for? Yes, Historical Black Colleges and University. No, we house blacks, coons, and undesirables. That's what the fuck HBCU stand for. Yo mama. My mama never went to HBCU. She, maybe she needed to go. Actually, my mother went to Mega Evans College, so I guess that's as close as you go get to an HBCU. You know what? Still, your mama and your daddy. Ooh, he don't know who his daddy is. Don't talk about his daddy. True, true, true. And you sitting up here <laughs> from a, a a black fraternity at that, and you got words to say about an HBCU? You might want to set your ass all the way down. I ain't got to sit a motherfucking place. I can say what I want to say. Ain't nothing wrong. She's talking about people getting tackled at a at, at a commencement ceremony. That's some Negro shit. No, they didn't do that to us. They Actually, it was a Caucasian night that that tackled all of the said African Americans. They came across the stage and celebrated. He would tackle them and usher them off the stage because he did not want them doing those things. But the well, but the, okay. the other kids he turned cartwheels. Um. So what I was gonna say though Dre is, says, is go ahead. Drake's coming. He said we had chicken pan plantation, and my mom and pop said, "Fuck no, you can't go." Guess what, Dre? <laughs> my family owns chicken pan plantation. My last name is actually a hyphenated name, Reed Pan. My great great grandfather owned chicken pan. Okay. Oh, oh, ain't this some shit? You a motherfucking slave mm-hmm. owner. Ain't this some shit? Now the truth comes out. You ain't just a house negro. Yeah. You own the motherfucking house. Ain't this some shit? I can't help that part of my family was Caucasian. And Chica was his wife's name, who was a Native American woman. So not only was he a slave owner, but the motherfucker married an Indian woman and took her as his concubine. You sure this wasn't Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemmings? 
No. You sure you know your name ain't Amaz Jefferson? No, I know what my name is. You sure? Amaz Jefferson. I would like to Yeah, I was moving on up. Dear white people got to do with what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nothing, because I don't want to 